Are we on? Check, one, two. Check, check. Snowball blue. <laughs> Snowball blue. The name of the microphone. Snowball blue. Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And Jonathan. And today we are going to talk about the beautiful gemstone topaz. Topaz. But more exciting than topaz, at least in my world right now, is that my brother got engaged over the weekend. Yay, congratulations, Ben. Yeah, congratulations, Ben and Carly. Super excited for the wedding. And the twins better be flower girls. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, for sure. Tell and us about he... the engagement ring. Oh, the engagement ring. We made the engagement ring. Um, he picked a beautiful lotus garnet. Yeah, maybe we will post a picture of it. Yeah, it is. We'll post a picture of it. It's gorgeous. It fits her perfectly. She's happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. Happy, happy. Happiness consumes everyone in the Pincock family right now. Well, we never thought Ben would really get married. Let's be honest. I did. <laughs> well, so I had my... Do- there was a stretch of like, I, I want to say three to five years where I questioned like... He's just going to be a permanent bachelor? Yeah. Remember at Christmas he'd like just wear sweatpants? I was concerned. <laughs> Shower maybe once a week. I have I, faith in you, Ben. Maybe maybe every boy goes through this phase, but I was I was a little worried for my baby brother. Okay, he needed to find a girl. He found one, Carly. She's excellent for him. She motivates him to like get up and go to work. <laughs> She's I thought the showering was the most. The important showering one. was the first Christmas that we met Carly. That she came to uh, Utah. So my family lives in Utah. My brother lives in Texas. And so he was bringing his girlfriend home for Christmas. And I remember the day she flew in, he like showered and cleaned up his room. And I was like, this is life changing. This is what he's been doing. He was like helping with the dishes while she was there. So she's really made him grow up and we're very excited. And hopefully, I don't know when the wedding's going to happen because they did just get engaged this last week. But I think it's going to be a good time. All right, on to topaz. Topaz. A silicate mineral of aluminum and fluorine. Ah, that's what the F was. Fluorine. Yeah, fluorine. Nice. Uh, Before we dive too deep into it. Okay. I wanted to mention that topaz, is it covers two months on birthstones. Sort of. Well, the precious variety, the golden color, is for November, and the blue color is for December. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be blue zircon. Right. Not topaz. Poor December. Let's really talk about December, because I think they have like 18 birthstones. Why is that poor? Isn't that better? Well, you've got... What do you have? You have zircon. Correct. You have topaz, blue topaz. That's recent. You have... Turquoise. Turquoise. And now even more recent, Tanzanite. Yeah. So there you go. Pick your favorite December. I mean, go for it. Enjoy that. Really? I will. <laughs> oh, I guess that's your first tone. <laughs> 
and our girls. And the twins, yeah. So I guess if I want anything to symbolize the twins, I could get any color blue and just be fine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Except sapphire. All right, moving on. Topaz. The name comes from Sanskrit. Right. And it means fire. And I, th- I think that's interesting because when you polish topaz, it has a really high luster. And so it gives a really fiery, lustry appearance. Right. And, and when, back in the day, anything that was yellow, that yellowy, orangey color, everything was called topaz. Mm-hmm. So. Yellow, orange, brown. Up until the 19th century, if it was yellow, orange, or brown, it was a topaz. Yeah. Until they knew what citrine was. So, <laughs> until they knew what citrine So, my favorite part of the whole podcast is getting to talk about what the crazy ancients thought it did. Okay, go. The Greeks thought it would increase your strength. Egyptians thought it would protect you from injury. Well, the Greeks also thought it would make you invisible. That's pretty cool. So, I would love to have the power of invisibility. Yeah. Cloaking. Cloaking. It'd be like your own... I don't know, you could spy on people. Maybe the Russians (laughs) Russians are using it. Russians are using topaz. Uh, The Romans thought it could improve your eyesight. Yep. And there seems to be a lot surrounding this improving your eyesight thing. Okay. Because there's a saint, St. Hildegrad, who who recommends to cure the dimness of your eyes soaking a topaz in wine for three days. It has to be three full days, Jonathan. Okay. Then removing it and rubbing it on your eye. So if you take something sharp like a gemstone and rub it in your eyes, wouldn't you go blind? I think it was probably like a cabochon or like a tumbled um, lightly. I would guess. You would guess. I would guess, but You're I don't know. trying to make this more real, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Scrape the cataracts out of your Scrape eyes. Scrape the cataracts. Uh, also, the golden color, because of the golden color, many people believe that it attracts wealth. Yeah. It, you were supposed to be able to find gold if you wore a topaz in a gold ring. You can find gold by wearing golden topaz in a gold ring. Yeah. We should, like, experiment with all these. Oh, we know they're all baseless. Yeah, it's all hokey. Wow. <laughs> it will. I mean, we have this thing called science. No, yeah, but I just—they were so like they were trying so hard to to fix things. Sure. And so, I mean, if you crush topaz in a potion and mix it with a potion, they thought it could relieve arthritis, improve digestion, uh, aid in weight loss. And also attract love. So there you go. Crush. Potion, potion it up. So now we're uh, we're getting into the realm of potions on this show. Okay. So, <laughs> moving on from potions. <laughs> uh, so topaz, we talked. It's it's kind of a golden brown to yellow, and uh, that's why I was confused with citrine, and then some of the impurities. Or treatments, you can get anything from a wine red to a pale gray, reddish orange, pale green, pink, um, or even a peachy color. Yeah, so they used to think it was just the red, orange, brown, but topaz comes in a lot of beautiful colors. 
red and pink being the rarest and the most valuable. Then you have your imperial color, which is a mediumish orangey red to reddish orange. Then you have what's called a precious topaz, which is your yellow, orange, or brown. Now it's considered precious and not imperial if it's orange and it doesn't have any red in it. Right. The red and the pink is considered the most rare and valuable, right? Yeah. And I think the cool thing about topaz is naturally most of it is colorless. Right. So there's only a very rare amount that is actually that actually has any color. Right. And so that's why the majority of it has to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get the blue. But we'll talk about how we treat to get blue uh, later in the episode. And so, because blue topaz naturally is almost non-existent. And what you do get is a very, very pale, light, pale, pale blue. blue. So topaz is allochromatic. What does allochromatic <laughs> mean? It means that it can be colored by either trace elements or a defect in the crystal structure, which is a, it's called a color center. Okay. I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. Or it can be colored by both of those things together. So if it's colored by a trace element, that trace element is chromium, and that gives you your natural reds, pinks, violet, and purple. If it's, if the color is caused by a color center or a defect in the crystal structure, it is yellow, brown, or that pale blue, or irradiated blue. And then if it's colored by both, it's orange. Crazy. Crazy. It's a lot of different color. It does, uh, yeah. It, All to get very similar color. Yeah, well, you know, each crystal's different. Uh, I think that topaz makes a really pretty specimen, too, because of its crystal structure. It's in the orthombic crystal family, and that means you have really elongated crystals that yeah. tend to cut well into ovals and pear shapes. Yeah, you just, uh, and, and we, I guess we can talk about the hardness. It's, mm-hmm. on the, it's an 8 on the Mohs scale, but the problem with it is, is that it's got perfect cleavage. Cleavage. Yeah, so every topaz suffers from one Achilles heel. Every single topaz, no matter the color, has this undesirable feature related to its atomic structure, which is cleavage. And it's basal cleavage, which means that it's parallel to the base of the crystal. Right. So you have to be super careful how you orient the stone to be cut. So a lot of cutters will orient it at 25 degrees from that cleavage line. Right, so that when you, if you happen to smack it against something, it doesn't just fall apart. Yeah, it's and it's super tricky to set. It's super tricky to cut. I remember Jonathan and I went to Brazil, and we visited the Imperial Topaz Mines there, and I bought a really beautiful pear-shaped Imperial Topaz, and I designed this beautiful ring for it, and then I said, okay, and my, my setter just about had a heart attack <laughs> because of how I was going to have to set the stone. But he did it, and the, and the topaz is super protected, but he, was, he had a little white knuckles there. I remember yeah. that, that yeah. lecture. I could break your stone. I could. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't break it. A lot of them are um, 
it's a lot of it's good for pendants, earrings, and you want to be careful when you set it into a ring that it's not going to get beat up a bunch. Uh, So like Jonathan was saying, it's a hard stone. It's an eight on the most scale, but it is not a tough stone. Right, right. So toughness versus hardness. Yeah, and and that's because of that special cleavage. Yeah, topaz is actually the defining mineral on the Mohs scale. Oh, I didn't know that might be original. Yeah, so well, and it's the one that they test. So, like, if you have a Mohs uh, te- hardness testing, mm-hmm. the eight will be a topaz. Oh, so they scratch like to do a scratch tests. Uh-huh. So that's what they do the test with. Even though there's other things that are eights, topaz is like the defining mineral. Cool. Yeah. Sources. Topaz sources. The main source for topaz on the market today is Brazil. Which kind of topaz? All kinds? All kinds. All kinds of topaz. They have all kinds of topaz, from your colorless to your most vibrant reds, imperial pinks, all those colors. And Jonathan and I were lucky enough to get to visit the Kapow mine, which is the only mine, operating mine now, for imperial topaz. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's in Oro Preto, and we got to kind of sift through all the stuff, and they showed us, uh, and this mine you get a lot of, in addition to the imperial topaz, oranges, reds, browns, yellows, your precious topaz. Um, and then I guess the second supplier, topaz supplier to the world market is Sri Lanka, but that's mostly your colorless topaz. Right. And there are a few pieces coming out of Pakistan that are just, I guess, exceptional reds, pinks, and the most prized color is a violet. Right. A violet color coming out of Pakistan. That's the most prized color coming out of Pakistan. Okay. What about Topaz Mountain in Utah? Is it producing anything? Not that I... I mean, I think it's a a collector's thing. Okay. Topaz Mountain. What is Topaz Mountain? I, I mean... It's just a, it's a mountain in Utah, in western Utah, okay. that produces topaz. I haven't ever seen any of that on the market. No, so Tucson. it must be just a collector thing. Yeah, one more I mean, thing to add to our Tucson list. Well, you know, mining in the U.S. is so difficult. That's you true. have to get permits. A lot of it is on forest uh, lands that are owned by the government. So permitting and all that other kind of stuff, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's so hard. We have aquamarine in Idaho. That's on forest land that will never be mined. Yeah. It's illegal. And that's okay. That's okay. Keep the forest pristine. That's the beautiful thing about our rules and regulations. I think we should tell the story of Imperial Topaz. What is this? I don't know the story. How it got its name. Imperial Topaz. How do you think it got its name? I don't actually Imperial Russia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was an ancient, uh, not an ancient source, really. It was the source in the 19th century. And they were producing this really beautiful red-pink topaz. And they named that in honor of the czar. Mm. So they named it Imperial Topaz. Interesting. Um, okay. It was named in honor of the czar. And it could only be owned by the royal family. Ooh. Yeah. So Elitist. Yes, very. Imperial Topaz was originally an elitist stone. Okay. So now, but now anybody can own it. You want to be an elitist, just buy your own. Buy your own. Well, 
Is that really elitist if anyone can buy it? Mm-hmm. I guess it is, because you have to be able to afford it. Yeah. And it does, beautiful Imperial Topaz does command a high price. Yes, very true. That's why mine is one carat. Small. <laughs> That's all we could afford. That's all we could afford. <laughs> Did you know, though, that Topaz is the gemstone for the fourth anniversary? And I think when we went on our trip, it was our fourth anniversary. That's crazy. And we didn't even know What are the chances? Yeah. So, there you go. There you go. I got myself a topaz for the fourth. We stuck to tradition. We stuck to tradition. Once on that. (laughs) Okay. I usually don't want to wait 25 years for a ruby and that kind of stuff, so. Yeah. So, there's another cool, uh, in Portugal... One of a, a very large topaz, mm, one thousand six hundred and eighty carats, and they thought it was a diamond and put it in their crown jewels, and it turned out to be a colorless topaz. Yeah, those Portuguese crown jewels. Yeah. What's the name of it? It is uh, the Braganza. Ooh. Braganza diamond. The Braganza diamond. It's probably pronounced differently because it's no, Portuguese. No, I think but... that's how I would pronounce it. Okay. That's how I practice saying it. Braganza. Okay. <laughs> Where are we off to next? Where do we go from here? You ready to talk about treatment? Yeah, let's talk about treatment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's break into this bad boy. Because I think that's the most exciting thing about topaz. Is a lot of the topaz that most people know is blue, blue topaz. Blue topaz. It's very available. Very available. In the very US. inexpensive. Very inexpensive. Um, But it is not a naturally, really a naturally occurring color. So you have to irradiate it, which changes the atomic structure, fixing that defect or that color center. Or is it creating a defect? It's changing the defect. Okay. Make it blue. Make it blue. And so this treatment came out in the 1970s. And most of them, you can use two different types of irradiation. You can use gamma rays or high-energy electron radiation. Now, there's a long cool-down period. They call it the cool-down period after you irradiate it, and they cool it down for a certain amount of time. Make sure it's not radioactive anymore. Right. There's actually a... You actually have to get it certified to bring it into the U.S. that it has been properly... Yes, properly handled. So the result is permanent, this... Blue radiation is permanent. Um, Some of the stones, though, that do remain radioactive are quarantined for for three months up to a year to allow that radiation to dissipate. Hmm. But there is virtually no radiation danger from stones in the legitimate trade. Right. So Just don't buy blue topaz illegitimately. I guess. I I don't even know how you do that. I mean, to bring blue topaz into the United States, you have to have a certificate saying that it's not radioactive. Right. Be careful buying it in... Somewhere else. Laos. I don't know. Wherever they irradiate it. I don't (laughs) know. Wherever they... Probably in China. Yeah. I think most of the... I I know most of it's cut in China, so I would guess most of it's irradiated. Do you remember the story about the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen jewelry that was made from titanium? That was made with recycled parts from like CAT scan machines and stuff, the titanium, and they use a radi- they use radiation in that. And so all of the jewelry was radioactive. And they had to pull it. They had to pull it all from Walmart. <laughs> Not good. 
so you can also heat topaz. Heat it up. Heat it up. Um, what does it do? It gives you pinks and reds that are more intense and that kind of stuff. But you really have to be careful heating topaz because there's a lot of liquid um, inclusions. So it'll blow up. So it'll blow. <laughs> and if you heat it too much. Okay. So you really have to be careful with that. Low level heat. Very low level heat. Now they also coat topaz. Mystic fire yeah, topaz. Yeah, to give us our beautiful mystic fire topaz. And what that is, is it's a coating of metallic oxide. And what that does is when the light passes through, you actually see a reflection off the surface of the gemstone and off the inner surface of the metallic oxide. So it gives you like spectral colors and kind of a metallic sheen. It looks fake. Of course. Then this doesn't occur in nature. (laughs) I'm really talking up Mystic Fire. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) It just, it doesn't look real. I don't know. The... No, it doesn't look real. It sometimes has, it shows a lot of reds and greens. Yeah. So it can sometimes, I think it gives you the look of Alexandrite sometimes. Um, but gives you all those spectral colors. Uh, it is considered a more durable surface coating, but any abrasive cleaners or like a buffing wheel will remove it. Yeah, because it's just on the surface. Yeah, because it's just a surface coating. Jonathan and I, and even Savannah, were all headed to Cleveland this weekend for a trade show. So maybe our next podcast will be at the show. Yeah, we might do a live from Cleveland. Live from Cleveland at the Parlay booth. Yep. Party at the Parlay booth. Party at the Parlay booth, so... Jonathan and I are both looking fresh. We got our hair cut. Yeah. Feeling fancy. Feeling... Ready to sell some jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> I got bangs. Yeah, Savannah got bangs. Ooh, look at us. We're, yeah. we're all new. Uh, we're new people. Twenties are coming. Yep. Really mad that the hotel doesn't have a pool. That's okay. I got that covered. What do you mean? Jeff's going to give us a hotel key to the Hilton so we can come over and use the pool. Oh, Nice. Nice. Twin dads got to stick together. Twin dads too. Are are his twins coming? No. Oh, bummer. We could have just thrown them all in a room together and see who lived. (laughs) He has two-year-old twin boys. We have two-year-old twin girls. It would have been intense. It would have been intense. (laughs) So, darn it. Maybe next show. Anyway, so thank you for listening to another episode of Gem Junkies. Yeah. And you can follow what we do on a daily basis at parlaygems.com or on Facebook and Instagram at parlaygems. And you can also like our Facebook group, which is our Gem Junkie group on our Parlay Gems Facebook page. Yes! Made it through that. (laughs) Oh, if you like our podcast... Subscribe. Subscribe. And leave comments for us. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at gemjunkies at parlaygems.com. Have a good week. We appreciate your feedback. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, you stopped and looked at me. I got a...
I got a thing in my throat. Didn't you hear my voice go? <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought you were done. No, I got a tickle in my throat. I needed a minute. <laughs> I wasn't done. Anyway, I thought continue. you were done talking about Russia and the Imperial and blah blah blah. Okay, keep going with Imperial, and then I'll come back to my stupid. Thing. <laughs>